The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Paul's over the last while. I mean, we've had a chance to talk with uh, JD. We talked with uh, Scotty a little bit about Christian radio. Uh, last couple of weeks, we talked with uh, Billy Hollowell uh, about kind of mainstream media and news and Christianity and stuff as well. But I just love the fact that we get to talk to a lot of our friends. Same here. And I'm excited for today because uh, I have a favorite football team. It's no surprise. And so yeah. now we get to dive a little bit more maybe into the life and times of those who get to talk about the Edmonton Elk. But, well, okay, before we get into it, Dave, I, because I mean, I know that Holly probably has a lot of questions. I, our, our very first most difficult question that we will ask you is, who are you and where did you come from? Who am I and where did I come from? That's a weird question. That's how we uh, like to start. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Dave Campbell. I have been the color analyst for the uh, Elks uh, and the other name uh, since 2006. Uh, I've lived in Edmonton all my life. Like you, Holly, it's been green and gold. Ever since I was a, a wee little uh, whippersnapper and uh, have grown up in the sports scene here in Edmonton and uh, have a cool job uh, that I get to talk about sports uh, and, and run a sports show every day. I am married with uh, two wonderful kids, uh, Noah, six years old in kindergarten, and uh, my daughter, Addison, four years old. So um, life is busy. Haven't slept in a long, long time because of those two. And uh, it's all good. Yeah, I feel your pain there. <laughs> the no sleep. <laughs> no. Why are you coming in the room at 630 in the morning, daughter? Go back to bed, please. <laughs> right? And especially in the winter, the sun's not up. Neither should you. Go to exactly. bed. Exactly. Pretty simple concept. She hasn't got that yet, but oh, well. Yeah, it'll come eventually. Right, Johnny? Right? Please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My kids look after themselves. They're fine. <laughs> we just send out a little bowl of water and uh, every once in a while they, uh, they, you know, they need a hug. Parenting 101. Was radio kind of one of those things that you thought you were going to be doing for the rest of your life? That's a very interesting question. Uh, I, I think we got to start at the beginning. I mean, obviously, I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, for a career. And, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of came to my mind. Like you always, it's like the spin the wheel of careers and land on one and see how that fits and I've always had a very high interest in radio and in sports radio you know I listened to John Short's open line sports show and Brian Hall's open line sports show and the, you know Halsey yelling at people on a Sunday night <laughs> uh, that was the way I went to sleep for a number of years um, and then later on to work with the man was uh, and still do is pretty amazing the thing about radio that always captured me was, you know, television is great. Print is great, but radio, you have more creativity, I think, than people give it credit for. You have more time to maybe flush out a story um, than you do in, in television. It's a very, very much a connection point that you don't get anywhere else. You know, sports radio has always been something that I've been wanting. And uh, a lot of, a lot of people, want the same thing and it's hard it's hard to get into but just radio period i mean it's uh once you get through those doors of radio and this is not everyone's experience but there's just something about the business that that really grabs you it, it is a lot of fun there's a lot of good people in the business there's a lot of creative people radio is a very volatile industry too and so is media period i mean you know when you look every you know few months and you know more people are losing their jobs and you're like huh 
Yeah, right. I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> thank goodness. So, yeah. Um, I've always, yeah. So it's probably around 14, 15 is when I said radio was what I want to hmm. uh, achieve uh, as a career. And uh, here I am, 47 years old, still doing my thing. Which is incredible because you think about just getting into radio is one thing. Staying in radio is another thing. But then being able to like be in the section of radio land that you love and for wow. a CFL team. Was that journey very seamless? Was it just, oh, open door, open door? Or how did you navigate to get to that point where this is my yeah. dream job? It's uh, it's funny because... I don't have the path of a, of a lot of people in the industry where it's been the old Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere. I've been <laughs> yes. everywhere man. Well, this has been my only radio gig. I, I walked into 630 Chad at 21 and 26 years later, I'm still here. The, the journey within the one job that I've had is very interesting. You know, I came in in 1995 in the fall as a practicum student from Nate. A month later, I'm hired to produce technical to be the technical producer for Oilers Broadcast. That year is when we had the rights for the first time. Yeah. Um, then I'm working with you know Rod Phillips and Morley Scott, and, you know, and again you know Brian Legends. Hall. Legends, just like why <laughs> am I here? This is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a technical producer for eight years, working nights and working unfavorable hours, but still finding a way to kind of get into the sports realm. Technical producer of uh, of the Eskimos games. And then in 2003, I shifted into a producer role. I actually produced news and sports for five months before I exclusively became a sports producer of uh, Inside Sports. I think before that is when I said, is this, is this the career for me? Hmm. You know, and even after that, is this the career for me? And I tried to leave <laughs> a few times <laughs> and it never worked. Clearly God had another plan than I did, like, like usual, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if this is for me. And we hate being patient. You know, I, I am not the most patient person. Big shock there. I mean, most people are not. If you say you are, you're lying. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, 2006 is when I kind of, I really shifted in my career. And then I got named the color analyst of, of the Edmonton Eskimos. And I had no idea that yeah. this was coming. Um, and at that time, I was the most disgruntled, you know, person in radio, it felt like, because I just didn't think I was going to go anywhere, you know, and my career kind of really shifted at that point. And, you know, two years prior, I was uh, doing sidelines on the, on our broadcast and doing the, the post game show and the call in show and having people yell at me and all that stuff uh, after losses. Um, but it's your you know, fault, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's someone's <laughs> fault and they can't yell at the coach or the quarterback or the, yeah. you know, the receiver that dropped the ball or the, the linebacker that missed the tackle, but they can yell at me. And mm-hmm. um, that that's another show. Just, you know, <laughs> being in that role, you're, you're, you're many different things. You're a counselor, you're a, a friend, you're a, you're an adversary. You're a lot of different things to a lot of people, especially now on social media too. Um, mm. it, a lot of patience and perseverance, a lot of people in the journey that said, you got to wait. There's, there's good things coming. And yeah, I mean, I've been very blessed and, um, to be in the role that I am for as long as I, I have been is it's very surreal. And I don't often take a breath because some, you know, as you know, in this business, sure. it's kind of hard to do that. And even in life, it's hard to do that, but yeah, it is. It's kind of surreal that it's, you know, coming up to my, what is it now? Uh, I don't know, 18th season. I think it is of, wow. of uh, you know, Edmonton Elks broadcast and it's uh, 
yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome journey. How much preparation goes into being the color uh, of a, a football team, a football broadcast? Because, I mean, I always like the play-by-play. I, I feel like the play-by-play guy gets all the credit, and the color guy is just like he's the – but in, in actual reality, a lot of times the color is, you know, you're the, you're the filler. You're, the, you're what yeah. makes it happen. I mean, you watch, uh, you know, an NFL game and, you know, who gets the, who gets the, a lot of the, the, the pub. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, Troy Aikman. It's uh, yeah. Tony Romo. It's Chris Collinsworth, you know, the late John Madden, you know, and there are some great play-by-play guys, but, you know, you look up here in the CFL, I mean, Glenn Suter has been doing CFL games for, for so long. And yeah. the, there, there's just something special about being in the, in the color analyst role. And it's a lot of work. I mean, I didn't play CFL. I, I played high school, you know, that's yeah. it. You know, I, I did not play at the CFL level and there was a lot of intimidate intimidation about uh, going into this role, which I only had. Thanks, Brian Hall. Thanks, Halsey. He gave me three weeks notice <laughs> before the first preseason game in Regina in 2006. So we're going to have a change. You're in, in where the booth with me doing what color? I said, no, 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 I'm not He's like, yes, you are. Uh, okay. So, you know, it's, it's, it, it was intimidating. I didn't have time to think about it. And I think that honestly helped me. Um, and I've had to work. It feels like I've had to work extra hard, but I've had a lot of people yeah. around me that um, a lot of good friends in the industry, you know, you go on the road, you talk on the phone, you text, and, you know, they've been very supportive of me. Um, there's been people that thought I never, you know, had any business being in the role. Um, you know, and I felt that way a lot too. I mean, it was, sure. it was very hard. And now, it, honestly, it took about 10 years for me to feel comfortable in the role. Hmm. Um, and now, I, you know, it's just kind of honing my skills and adding some layers to it. But the, the thing about doing color for, for the Elks, it's not my full-time job. My full-time job is I'm the producer of Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8. So the Elks gig is kind of a side deal. But I do go to practice, you know, hmm. a couple times a week and get interviews and talk to players and and then it's a lot of extra work. I mean, my wife and kids sacrifice so much, especially yeah. my wife. I mean, I'm I'm up early during the season, and then I work late during the season preparing for for the game. I'm probably it's you know 20 hours or so of prep time before the ball is even kicked off. So when it's game day, that's that's a fun day because it's like everything's in the bag. Now just bring <laughs> the game, uh, just bring the game to me, folks. You know that's all. You know that's that's what's exciting about game day. So. It is a lot of uh, work, and I've learned how to juggle different tasks, and that can be frustrating at times. But after a while, I mean, I don't think it's a balance. You just find a rhythm. You just find mm-hmm. a rhythm and a, and uh, what works for you uh, the best. But uh, calling live sports is a very, very challenging uh, thing to do because you have no idea what is coming. You know, I'll never forget 2008 when Jason Tucker broke his neck in, in Hamilton. Yeah. And he's laying on the field for 20 minutes and the ambulance is coming on. And I just had a feeling then of, like, we're never going to see Jason Tucker play again. And you know, that, that was the case, but you have no idea what is coming. I mean, Winnipeg in 2018, the, the, the longest continuous game in CFL history, we had two, three hour rain. <laughs> so here's Molly Scott and I going, can we get anyone on the radio to come so- fill? I think we talked to eight people or 10 people, <laughs> but you just don't know what's coming. So yeah, um, it, it, it's a fun role. It, it, it truly is. I'm still having a hard time though saying Edmonton Elks. Is it Elk? Elks? It's Elks, right? Isn't it? It's Elks. Yes. Yes. <sighs> and in fact, and that, that's, that's debatable because it actually isn't 
Um, it, you know, elk is plural, mm-hmm. but you know, they actually, the team actually, I think it was, they asked a, uh, someone from Webster's dictionary or was it Oxford? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, wow. And then they asked a U of a linguistic expert, uh. is this acceptable? Yeah. And they said, yes, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it's not Toronto Maple Leaf, right? No. It was never Edmonton <laughs> Eskimo. True. It was not Edmonton. It's not Edmonton Euler. You know, yeah. you want to yeah. put an S on the end because it, it just sounds better. And I like to remind people it's not a grammar exercise. It's a sports franchise. So yeah. you can be a little more forgivable. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so, I mean, you've been a fan of the Edmonton football team growing up and now doing color for it. Is it hard to not be a homer? So I always say this to people. I am not an unbiased neutral. I'm not on a national medium or a platform. I am Dave Campbell doing color on the Edmonton Elks broadcast, and I'm a huge fan. But I'm not as eccentric as... Oh my goodness! They just oh, I didn't see, oh, oh, I'm going to cheer and all that. I, I never do that. Do yeah. I fist pump and do I kind of give it the old yeah when they score? Yeah, I do. You ask Morley, and I feel like I've almost decked him a couple times because I'm so <laughs> excited. Do I get upset at things? Like yeah, you know. I mean, if you hear sometimes, I will slam my fist on the table because I'm so frustrated. You know, um, at times I, I've kind of stopped that. So that's uh, you know. Thank you, Lord, for working on that with me because that's not very good. <laughs> Don't want to get that emotional. But there's right? no question. I there's only one team I want to win, you know, yeah. and it's the it's the Edmonton Elks. And if they have a bad performance, I wear it very, very, very much. You know, I, I'm, it's you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I think normally, if they have a bad performance and I'm really disappointed in them. Um, especially when you talk to them and you, they, they wanted to do certain things that they didn't come out and, you know, hey, sport, sports is tough. I mean, you never know what an athlete goes through. And when you have 46 players that are or 45 players that are supposed to be in unison that day, which rarely happens. And, yeah. you know, sometimes you can just have a bad day, but yeah, I wear my green and gold on my sleeve and in my heart and uh, I want them to win, but you know, you can't be overboard. I, I don't like that. I think some people, do i that's just not me but you know yeah i'm i'm an absolute homer for sure 100 there's only one team i want to win on that day but you got to give respect to the opposition if they made a good play you got to give them credit for that it's tough for me being here where it's double blue with the argos <laughs> terrible yeah i know i'm like where's the green you. and gold come on <laughs> <laughs> It's the best colors ever. It really is. And it's so good for my complexion. What's this blue? (laughs) (laughs) One of those things being in radio, you know, we we have a chance to, I mean, when it comes to Christian radio, you know, we talked to a Toby Mac or a Michael W. Smith and everybody's like, oh, you can't believe, are you past the point of getting starstruck, if you will, talking with athletes because you're doing it each and every day? Yeah, pretty much. You know, um, I think the last person I talked to, and this was a phone interview, that I was starstruck was, uh, was Mark Messier, who I think mm. is the greatest leader in sports history. Honestly. Okay. So here, here's a great story. I think it was in 19. <laughs> um, Shannon Sharp was invited to one of the early home games. I don't know if you remember that. No. Um, I'm doing my halftime uh, show and all of a sudden I Morley comes in and, you know, tap on the shoulder and I'm like, what the heck are you doing? And then I look up and it's Shannon Sharp. Well, I have no time to react, yeah. but inside I'm going, it's Shannon Sharp, <laughs> Shannon Sharp. 
I can't believe he's talking to me. We have Shannon Sharp, uh, yeah. you know, three time Super Bowl <laughs> champion, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and inside I'm going, it's Shannon Sharp. It's yeah. awesome. And uh, it was uh, it was one of the best three four minutes uh, of of my time doing this job, and he was good. Like we know what Shannon Sharp is all about, and how he's so bombastic and entertaining. Great interview. Um, I was probably starstruck all through that interview, but sure. you, you know can't show it, and yeah. there's no time to show it. You're um, professional. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I think. The other interview I did was in 97 with Brett the Hitman Hart. I am a, a pro wrestling fan and um, I like the heyday better than I like now. Sure. Um, but, you know, that's another kind of hero of, of mine growing up. And that was pretty cool. And he's, you know, pretty nice guy to talk to. But yeah, I mean, I think at this point you're kind of past, you know, in, in my stage of my career, you're kind of past being starstruck and you're aware of their, you know, who you're talking to. But I think, you know, really the, the job is, is number one, but um, it, it is cool. I, you know, I, I will admit, you know, for sure that, you know, we're all in a position where we get to talk to some pretty cool people and people that other people really admire. And if we can kind of be the go between, between, you know, the subject matter that people are like, ah, and then to, you know, the, the, the fan or the listener, um, I think that's pretty cool. I think we have a pretty unique role in that area in this in this business. We're we're backstage at a Toby Mac concert, and all of a sudden I hear Holly shriek and hide behind me. And I said, "What's going on? Did you see Toby?" She goes, "No, Ryan Smith is right there." <laughs> so, not nothing about Toby, nothing about anybody else. Holly Ryan Smith. Yes. Honestly, if I ever had the wonderful opportunity of interviewing Ryan, I think I would actually be speechless. I sat right next to him during that show, by the way, and I ignored him the whole time. I just I couldn't bring myself to say hi. That is amazing. Resolve, Holly. I know. I was like, so I would talk to the kids instead. Right. Because I had my daughters (laughs) with me. I'm like, oh, hi, little ones. And Ryan would have talked to you because Ryan's one of the nicest people you'll, you'll ever, ever get to talk to. Yeah, so. I know. I just, I couldn't. Missed opportunity. Twice, actually. I saw him at uh, a restaurant for Valentine's Day. And my husband's like, isn't that like Ryan Smith, your favorite person of all time next to me and Jesus? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, why don't you say hi? I'm like, I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> Literally the only person. So there you go. Not to go like inside baseball kind of thing, but w- when it comes to inside sports, and I mean, it's something that you're producing. I mean, the, the color is one thing, the inside sports and being the producer of that. How much of uh, you having to have knowledge for all of the sports and everything that is going on in the sports world are you, are you diving into every day? Yeah, I think that has changed over the years. I think when we started the show back in, in 97, it was Sid Smith who was the original host, and I was the, actually, I was a tech producer at that point. Um, at that, you know, social media wasn't a thing. Uh, the internet was kind of a thing, but really you could hide a lot of stuff and save a lot of stuff for certain parts of the day. And I think you did have to have more knowledge because you were kind of the go between, you were kind of the internet back then. Right. So if anything, you know, kind of obscure, like I call it obscure up here because I don't think NASCAR is all that big up here, but I know there's fans, but there are people what's who won the NASCAR race in Martinsville. Well, you have to know that, right? We're now, I think because social media is so big and, you know, uh, people see things. I mean, people know the story usually before, you know, Reed hits the air at six Oh five, 
every night. So you have to present it in a different way where you have to give the people kind of what they want and what they're really interested in. So right now it's Oilers, 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 Oilers are the big driver during Mm -hmm. hockey season. And then, you know, we're very much, uh, you know, we're very much covering the Elks when they make news. Um, And then after that, it's, you know, we're an NHL station, we're a CFL station. And then what other big stories are there? But, you know, you know, I think our identity is that we want to be uh, a show, especially in these crazy times. You know, you hear news content so much during the day. And when the, the air, when the, the show shifts to sports at six, we want to be a soft place to fall. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about sports, talk about Oilers, talk about local stuff. We do a lot of U of A uh, content and a lot of amateur sport. And uh, I, I think, you know, our identity is just, you know, we're, we're here to talk. We're here to have fun. We're here to talk about the sports you want. And um, I don't think you have to be into every, you know, you don't have to have your toe dipped in every pond anymore. You have to just go where, you know, people want to, you know, they want to hear lots of Oilers. They want to hear local stories, you know, Um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's really shifted that way. And social media has really forced us to kind of rethink what we do. Yeah. For the better, for the worst. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no question. Sometimes I think it's the latter, um, but you know, it's it, you definitely have to be creative. And there are good platforms for social media, and there are good ways to use it. But yeah. uh, you just kind of got to get away from the muck. But that's hard because the muck kind of finds you. But that's a that's a skill all in itself. So yeah, seriously, I want to talk about the faith side of your life. I know we often talk about faith in football, but it's great to be able to talk about faith in media as uh, I'm sure that played a big role uh, just in choosing the path that you took for you. When did your faith really become something that was a a guiding force in your life? Yeah. So I, I accepted Christ into my heart at 18 and uh, you know, some real tough stuff. I mean, my, my parents uh, divorced and you're just, you know, feeling kind of lost, but um, you know, I was, you know, feeling that I needed something different um and it's funny because you know the you first become a christian and you're so enthusiastic and everything's going to be great and then life hits you you know we kind of lose the perspective of what becoming a christian is it's not your all your problems are solved it's just you know you have um a way of living in a perspective of you know that that helps you through a lot of stuff you know and um yeah, it's, you know, and being in mainstream media is interesting because, uh, you know, I don't really talk about my faith on the air. I've talked about it a little bit, but people know that I am a believer. Hmm. So if I can influence people just the way that I act and just kind of the the, the uh, character that I have, I think that is an influence. And, you know, uh, it's amazing, you know, when we were all back in the building, it was pre-COVID and, hey, you're, you're a believer, you're, you're, you're a, you know, you're a Christian. Uh, what do you think about this? And some questions are really hard to answer, of course, you know, because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, um, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar, uh, yeah. you know, and I could, you know, we could all pray and read their Bible more. And I'm in that category too, right? So, yeah. but, you know, you gain, I think over time you kind of gain a, you know, this, this is not just the, the do's and don'ts of a way of life. It's very much just the way you, you know, way I've chosen to live. 
because I believe it. I believe in the ways of Christ. I believe in God. I believe in the Bible. And I believe that, uh, you know, there's, there is a template there. Um, but it's also, you know, people want to know your experience too. So I think, you know, I, I'm not ashamed of being in mainstream media at all. You know, um, sometimes there's some tough calls that challenge your faith, but for the most part, um, I think, you know, people understand your faith and, you know, you're not put in that position as much as other people, perhaps, you know, and I, I you know, when uh, I, I think back how many controversial things have I been, you know, involved in, not many, not, not many at all that really challenged my faith, but I think also it's just what you bring to the table, you know, um, you know, it's just like in finding a, a, a life partner in marriage, right? It's like, well, I got to mm. have someone that's right for me. Well, you got to be right for them. And I got to be right for other people, right? And I got to be someone that's influential and that has good character. And that's hard sometimes because, you know, in this business, your ego can get the best of you and you have to put that in perspective. And, you know, when you're humbled, how, how you take that is very important. Um, when people say all kinds of negative stuff and really hurtful stuff to you on social media, um, that can be really, really difficult because you want to get bitter. You want to get angry and you're like, well, you only say that if you're on social media, right? But it's like thinking that way isn't, isn't the proper way of doing things either. Um, there's a lot of things about this business that challenge you, you know, and, um, I just think if I can just come and be someone of a different character, someone that kind of, you know, someone that isn't telling people how they should be, but if you live how the way you have been, you know, taught through the Bible and through God and through Christ, and you just bring it, bring that out and don't be a jerk, but just be someone of good character. I think that is really influential. And that's what, this is all I want to do. You know, this is who I am. And if you want to find out why I'm here and, you know, I can't wait for the day where I get back in the building, I get tapped on the shoulder and go, Hey, can I ask you about this? Because you're a man, you're a man of faith. Right. And I, I I love that. Mm Mm-hmm. We've had a chance uh, many times to talk with uh, Chappie from the the Elks or uh, offensive lineman David Beard. Yeah. Do you ha- do you get those opportunities uh, with some of the athletes to to kind of dive into some of those things? Chappie for sure. You know, and I I miss talking to Chap Chappie. We uh, we we text a little bit, but Chappie and I have had many many faith conversations, and he is he's been really helpful. You know, during the season, you know, when things are not going great or, you know, things are, you know, kind of weighing on me personally. And he's been really good at uh, mm. being a, being someone I can talk to and get a pr- good faith perspective. Uh, yeah. Beardo's great. Love David. Um, you know, he's, he's a good guy, you know, and someone who I, I, I mean this so sincerely about, about David. So many athletes are like, Oh, there's the media. <laughs> or just <laughs> They're gone like the road runner. <laughs> Yeah. And here's David. It's just, Hey, how you doing? You know, how's it going? You know, how's your family? How's, how's life? And he's not the only one that does that. There's others that do it, but um, I just love, you know, he knows that I'm, I'm a believer. He's a believer. And there is just something a little different about that. I mean, Tim yeah. Princeton and I had a great relationship when he was a, a player with the Elks and, 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 and on the coaching staff. And I think football out of any sport, I think reflects the Christian life out of any other sport. I mean, there's so much struggle within football during the week, during a game, you know, 
outside of the game, you know, during the off season, there's so many life lessons and, and, and faith-based lessons, I think in football more than any other sport. And that's not to say that there isn't other, you know, there's Christians in hockey and there's Christians in baseball and there's, there's Christian athletes everywhere, but football, there's just something about this sport that I just go, Hey, God's a real big football fan. And I think it's really <laughs> cool, but yeah, I love uh, Brent Cassian is who we're talking about with Chad. Yeah. Brent is uh, one of my closest friends and uh, I, I love the man dearly. And he's been such a influence in my Christian walk. I'm glad you said that, Mike. For those who don't know who that is, that's yeah, the chaplain. <laughs> the Again, chaplain of the Edmonton Elks. My, my fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I just, it's incredible seeing though, um, how closely faith and football work together. And I love that you being on the media side are still a part of the team in a lot of ways and being able to tap into that part of the team. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned about, um, you know, ego, being able to keep that intact. I'm, I'm curious to know, um, what do you do to keep that ego under control? Not that you're an egomaniac. No, <laughs> no, that's an interesting question. Cause sometimes you don't even have time to think about that part, but mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it's the times where I got too big for my britches kind of thing, or if I popped off on social media or if I, you know, popped off at another person on social media, if you follow me in my, you know, 10 years ago, I was a different person on social media. I was an egomaniac at times, even though my ego was probably smaller than most. But because I have a certain connection that most people don't have, you know, and I, I use that information against people. Well, you're saying this, well, I know this, right? Or I, you know, I know the game better than you, or I, I have more info than you. And you're using that and you're kind of, you know, throwing barbs the other way. Um, I just think I didn't like the feeling after a while, how that felt. I don't know how they felt. I just know how it would feel if that came towards me. Mm-hmm. So I had to really grow up, you know, and from that aspect, it's like, yes, you do have a lot of inside, um, in, you know, that inside baseball stuff as you're saying, Johnny. Um, so use that for good, use that to support an argument, use that to support, uh, your position. And really I'm in a business where I, I gain facts and I base opinion around facts where I think before, and a lot of people fall into this, you use opinion as a form of, you know, defending an argument or a position. And really opinion is probably the lowest form of knowledge you can have, but if you have facts behind it, I think it's different. And if you're humble about it, you know, it's okay if someone thinks, you know, the quarterback sucks, you know, and you don't think so. It's okay. It's okay. And, you know, it's fine. Um, And, you know, instead of saying, and I haven't done this very much where I go, wow, I'm the color analyst of a professional football team, you know, on a radio station. I go, wow, I am one of nine that has blessed to do this. And if you, go further. I'm one of, you know, about 40 in North America that get this job to do this job. And I, I feel at times I'm the most unworthy person to do it because I never played the game, but I think God put me in this position for a reason. And at times I go, why me? This is crazy. But it also puts, when you have a family too, it puts everything in perspective. Like kids will humble you <laughs> to the core Preach. and you will see the ugly side of yourself and it's awful. Mm-hmm. And when you think you have it all figured out, 
boy, they're really good at changing all the questions. Right. And, uh, um, I think that's, uh, that's what I've learned a lot too, is, is, you know, you don't have everything figured out. So always learn, always be willing to be teachable, uh, to be coachable, um, to be wrong and to really, uh, be forgiving and to let people be who they are too. You know, if you encounter a jerk on social media, let him be a jerk. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to encounter them. Honestly, now it's just the, the joy of the job is more than anything. And I, I could lose it tomorrow. Right. So I'm thankful that every day I can get up and do it. And I'm thankful every season I have a chance to do it. And now it's more, it's just, it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. And, you know, a three and 11 season was really, really tough to, <laughs> it's the worst football season I've ever had in the worst football team, but you know what? There's a lot of good things about it too. Didn't have a season in 2020, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so it was just nice to kind of get back and do what I wanted to do or, you know, what I love doing again. So I, I think God is very good. at going, uh, I think, you know, where's your humility? Where's your humility? Um, and, and I think I'm more aware of it than I was before. Well, you kind of already mentioned your why me moment about just being honored to be in this position that you are in and the gratitude. Do you have any other why me moments? Yeah, I kind of, you know, I kind of referenced, you know, how kids can really, really bring you to your knees. Yeah. And I, I do say like, like, why me? Why, why, why am I able to be in the position that I'm in? Right. Um, and it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's hundred percent blessing. There's no question, mm. but there are days where you just, they really challenge you. Um, there are days when you're not at your best, you know, and there's no days off when you're a parent. Mm-mm. Um, but boy, can God really speak through you. And I think the times when I haven't been at my best and I have, you know, I have yelled or I have, you know, snapped back or I've been frustrated or just, you know, it really can bring you to your knees. Right. But, you know, I really felt God's forgiveness and it just his, his mercy. And it, it, no one, there's nothing that can prepare you to be a parent. You know, when people say, are you ready? No. Um, <laughs> even now it's, I don't know. It's like every day anything can, can really throw you potentially. There's a lot of things that could be, you know, you have it, set one way and it's going to go this way and it goes the other way. But I think it's just experience. It's learning over time. Um, I think the mistakes of the past should only be used for learning and not for anything else, not for self-condemnation, not for, uh, you know, any bit of unforgiveness or whatever. It should only be used for learning and you move on. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed to be a husband. I'm blessed to be, you know, uh, a father and, you know, I didn't become a father till I was 41. I didn't think it was going to happen. So to be in the position that I am now where, you know, I'm an influence to them and Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be the best influence as possible. um, That is a huge role. So I do say, why me, Lord? Like, why am I in this position? Well, because this was his plan. I didn't think it was going to be this way. You know, I was prepared to be you know, I was prepared not to be a father. You know, I was really preparing for that. But it's amazing how his grace and his plans are higher than ours. Parenting is a really tough thing to do. Being a husband is a very tough thing to do. Um, there's a lot of disappointments, but there's a lot of joy too. So 
it's just amazing I'm in this position. It took us a while to finally make this happen. Uh, we've we've talked uh, about the amazing voices of uh, a Tony Romo or a, a Rod Phillips. We get Mr. Dave Campbell, my friend. Thank you for taking some time and uh, sharing your heart. Johnny, Holly, it's great to see you. Thank you so much. God bless you both. You know, it's fun to talk about radio and, and Christian radio because you and I have both been immersed in this for 20 years. That's what yeah. we know. Yeah. But but when it comes to sports, like that is a completely different thing. And then it being non, non-Christian non and, you know, regular secular media, if you will. Yeah. It, it's kind of cool to see a glimpse into that world. My uh, second radio gig was at the station he works at. And yeah. I remember him and he would walk through the halls, just his calm demeanor. And he was yeah. like, Hey, Holly, how are you? Like he was one of my favorites. He was just a really nice guy. This would have yeah. been back early two thousands. And so I'm so glad we've been able to stay in touch over the years and that, um, he gets to be a light in the vocation that he's in as much as it is his career. So it's, it's a really cool place to be you know, a Christian in a mainstream station and just the the dual impact that you can have. I always have so much respect because I'd be like, buddy passes the ball to guy, guy gets the ball and throws it to <laughs> What's to the call it? <laughs> Who's a whatchamacallit got the thing in the stuff? And I'm like, not cut out for that at all. So my hat's off to uh, David, to everybody who is involved in, in sports, uh, radio and media of some kind. But thank you to everybody who tuned in for this week. Uh, whether you're downloading on Apple Podcast or Spotify, maybe you found us on the Instagram or the Facebook. Uh, we're just appreciative of everybody who reaches out. Yeah, absolutely. So reach out anytime. And don't forget, you can always catch us at faithstrongtoday.com. 